0: So um, all week, we've been talking about um, holidays like Passover and Easter and how we might connect to some of those words, like freedom, freedom from captivity, to take root in ourselves so we can let things pass over and today, of course, Easter, great celebration of rebirth. But before I get too grand, I would like to, first of all, tell you I'm so happy to see you. I always feel, and I wonder if you do too, I hope so, a certain relief at having you to talk to, which is a quote from a Love and Spoonfall song, but it's also the truth of seeing your faces and being with you. And I have to quote uh, from the New Yorker, again, the cartoons. Um, There is a picture in this week of two women sitting on a couch And one is saying to the other, I can't wait. I can't wait to forget every single thing I learned about myself during quarantine. (laughs) And you might relate to that feeling. I'm speaking about a cartoon in the New Yorker of two people just can't wait to forget what they learned, what we've been forced to learn. But it's beginning to dawn on some of us that last year at this time, we were together and we were also scared of the unknown. And there was this idea then that it would be done by now and that we would be back to normal back to normal, and it's beginning to creep into awareness that we're not going to quite snap back to the old way, that, that we're entering something quite new and easing into it. So, I wanted to read Rumi. Just a couple of lines where he says, but listen to me. I love that it starts with but. But listen to me. For just one moment, quit being sad. Hear blessings dropping their blossoms around you. Isn't that great? But listen to me. Just for a moment, stop being sad. Hear blessings dropping like blossoms around you. What can that possibly mean? And for me, one of the great lessons, not just of this year, but of spiritual practice, of true practice. And in this past year, we've had no choice but to have a true practice, a deep practice. It turns out that it has a lot to do with touching our edges our sorrows, our depths. Even in the iconography of this great holy day, Easter, after Jesus was crucified, he went to hell. He didn't just fly into the air. He went to hell, like the Bodhisattva of Compassion. And what does this mean? Like I I saw the most wonderful quote from an actual person, not me, not Jesus. But I think it's quite true. And this person, Corey, wrote, I don't think we need any more positivity. We the whole world needs minds that are equipped to be with the complexity of life. Minds that can be with nuance and polarity. Minds that can stay grounded and centered and open in the full range of what it means to be human. This is not a practice of positivity, but of being able to make a descent into ourselves, to meet our sad parts, our unresolved parts, our edges, right there to see without judgment what our own deepest questions may be. And maybe those questions aren't words, it's a feeling, a kind of ache. Uh, Just two days ago, I had a friend, I got, I received news that a friend of mine died and he lived in California. And I was so unexpectedly um, affected by his death. I say unexpected because he knew he was going to die. He had a rare kind of stomach cancer and he wasn't given too long. But what was really strange about my friend is that he refused to be sad. He insisted that this be treated as something natural and normal. And not something sad, not something to be feared. So he kept, like he would, pose, he would share my posts and he would post these incredibly warm things about other people rejoicing in their beauty and life and inspiration. And he was so completely warm and loving that I assumed he wasn't gonna die. Because this wasn't the attitude I expected from someone in his situation, and yet he died. And I had an experience, I think because he wasn't so close, that that there was this kind of spaciousness about it. What is a life for? Have you ever had that feeling? Sometimes after somebody dies, what are we here for? Are we here to try to be somebody and to defend ourselves and to achieve a list of things and all the And yeah, that's part of it. But for the tenderest, Briefest moment, an event like that can remind you that we're here to have a feeling for life. We're here to open to receive impressions of life. I'm not trying to answer for all of life or all of time, but we're here to have something, to transmit something, to know something. And it's something that always exceeds what we can say. Always. But there's something about it that we feel its very clear to us. Words are just the shadows of the volumes that we mean. They're little audible links chaining together a great inaudible feeling and sense of purpose. That's the Dreiser. So when Rumi talked about blessings, dropping like blossoms. He didn't mean a whole bunch of things you could say, but just those moments when we can open to receive, to really witness life. And I think in those moments, in my experience, we experience what the Buddhists called rebirth and what many cultures called rebirth. That tiny micro miracle, when you go to the very end of your hope and you just feel so sad, you feel like You might die, and then you discover in the next moment sometimes new life, the sky, a new thought, coming to meditate, a new life, a life that didn't have anything to do with being somebody. But just like a voice saying to you, again, again, again. So why don't we sit and and just sit together and really, I don't know, and let ourselves notice the blessing in that we have each other to sit with. And we have this practice to call us home. Back to life. So let's sit, let our backs be straight. Just notice how it feels to be you today, how it feels to be in this body, in this mind, in this heart. And notice that you don't have to think about it, just take in an impression And see that this attention that sees can also allow the body to soften just a bit to let. Notice how it feels to come back to sensation. Just let it appear where it appears. See that when you go into thinking, you can notice this with no judging and gently come back to the sensation of being in a body, breathing, perceiving. Let yourself rest in stillness, in life. Notice how it feels to be completely acceptable in exactly this state. No exceptions. Everything welcome into. An attention that sees with kindness,
1: with acceptance.
0: Noticing the life inside you.
1: The warmth.
0: and sense that there's a presence here that can meet everything
1: that comes with acceptance, with curious care,
0: And notice that this attention, this awareness can touch sorrow, it can touch mystery, it can touch any edge with curiosity and care and complete acceptance.
1: that there's a presence here.
0: Let yourself sink into sensation and open to a presence that sees without judgment. Notice that there's an attention that can embrace the whole of you. And notice that this stillness, this presence, invites awakening.
1: Sensation
0: and remember sati mindfulness means to remember
1: how it feels to be present now.
0: Notice that you're not alone, but in relationship with life.
1: Giving and receiving breath impressions.
0: notice that we're being held by life. Rest in a presence that can be with everything unsolved or hard or sad.
1: Just being with. with complete acceptance.
0: your attention Um, it's quite amazing to me that I can feel it I can feel it across the ether so if you have questions or observations about the practice we'd love to hear from you
2: Oh, yeah. Um, your the Rumi quote was touched on, um, as you also said. Ugh, God, sorry. the The orphans of consciousness, which you know, I've mentioned before, how much I love and work with that idea. All those feelings that are so. Um, well, I'll just say the word that came to my mind is unwelcome, you know, the feelings of unacceptability or frustration or sorrow or whatever it is, those feelings that you just don't want to feel. I had such a hard time this week with that, particularly with just acceptability. And when you first said the roomy quote, I thought, almost like a jolt of course you know there is so much to be grateful for and i know that's not what it was about but it's almost an eye roll yes of course why be so selfish as to think you know uh what am i trying to say i want you to <laughs> i want you to i would love for you to say a little more about the balance in that You quote between the idea of blessings are dropping all around but that those blessings are also those feelings the mix of sorrow and joy that has to be part of every life because and just and just one of the last things you said in the meditation was to see a presence that that allows and sees everything with acceptance and without judgment but what if it is judgment and lack of acceptance of yourself that you're struggling with accept the feelings of not accepting yourself. Yeah, yeah. Make any
0: sense? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. It makes a, an abundant amount of sense. And um, I'll just say some things. Um, this practice is endlessly surprising and interesting and opening because uh, the deeper we go. First of all, it's revelatory to discover that the path is down, Mary Ellen. It's, it's not up out of ourselves, it's down into ourselves, all of us. And um, just when we think we know ourselves and I'm done with that some fresh pain appears or the true um, weight of it appears or something, it feels different in different times. But the surprise and the endless gift of this practice is that it meets us in the darkest places. And just to take a step back for a moment, for and you work with books. Anyone who works with books or with film knows. I heard this wonderful quote the other day from the, the novelist Amy Tan that it's the difficult experiences that are revealing, not the happy ones, I'm sorry to tell you, it's beautiful to have these moments of happiness and ease, but it's in our difficult places that we meet ourselves. And it continues to surprise. The Rumi quote, the, um, which I'll read, but listen to me. I love that book because it's like he's just in just as much pain as you are. For one moment, quit being sad. Hear blessings dropping their blossoms around you. Any signs of God? That it's that moment when all of a sudden you're in pain, and it's it's just an outlier that's come to intrude again on your happiness and peace just for a moment sometimes dropping like a blessing like grace is a feeling that this too is completely acceptable completely completely acceptable not grudgingly acceptable oh come on in if you must but this very thing that feels like this stubborn impediment to your happiness, this very thing is to be cherished because, and I'm not kidding, I'm not just sweet talking you, that very thing will eventually unlock. It's secrets. It's like you quoted Wilka the other week, be patient with everything unsolved in your heart. This awareness is infinitely patient. According to the tradition, you have eons. You have unlimited time. Just that feeling is so spacious. And to not to push to resolve questions, but just to be with them. And as we do this, we just gently with this aversion, this hatred, this unexpected difficulty. As we do that, we taste at moments the sweetest. Self-acceptance at a moment, and we step out of that captivity, that terrible captivity, and we're in a new land. I'm crossing into Passover now, <laughs> but but it, it's this feeling of escape from captivity. And, and this kind of tentative, tender trust. Can I trust this? That I'm really okay? And it's completely okay. here. This is what rebirth means. In Buddhism, they don't talk about reincarnation. They talk about rebirth. That just for a moment, it's okay to put down that weight of being Tracy that great big sack of baggage that we take with us in the name of honesty over packing. And we can just put it down and taste what it's like to be no one, just warm-hearted person. And maybe in the next breath, up it comes again but we practice letting it be, letting it go. But this whole practice could not work unless we were so complicated. And, and with pain, think about it. This is a practice of liberation that goes down, down, down into our pain so that we can feel that little blessing for a moment like the calm after tears. Think of that and I'll stop myself from speaking that the words for nirvana would be like the end of a fever, a fever breaking or think of how you feel after you cry, that calm that can appear, that complete, here I am, world, that softness, that relinquishing, that is a moment of liberation. And this is the practice. You're not doing anything wrong. You're doing it exactly right.
2: Does that help? It does, it does. And I have to also acknowledge that even in the moment when I in that's that and it felt like through it, just get through it. And even now in this meditation, there was that moment of observation and of empathy. You know, the the Thich Nhat han darling, I'm here for you. There was that moment of observation of me. You know, the no one <laughs> was able to observe me and send out such empathy, you know, just for a breath. Yeah. And that's you know, that really is the magic of the work, which you can't remember when you're feeling just so shitty. But when you just try it again. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: It's the best. Yeah. And like it's like that's what we really seeking. And in all kinds of ways, this is a practice that you could sum up by saying, where have I been all my life? Where have I been all my life? And it feels different at different times. Um, Like when I got the news about my friend passing, it was this moment of like, where have I been all my life? What am I doing? And then in a moment of great deep sorrow, when you taste that love, darling, I'm here for you. It's like, oh my God, this is, I'm the person of my dreams. (laughs) Who knew? Yeah. Love is our superpower. This loving attention that can completely embrace what's happening, our pain, our difficulty, our anger, our limits. We can't go past this, and it meets you right there.
2: It's, it's very touching what you just said, and it smacks of hope. It, there's, there's a lot of hope in, in the idea of, um, uh, well, you said it earlier, kind of like where we are is just the right place to be. Like that's where we are right now. And that letting go of the expectation it should be something else. Um, there's just a lot of hope in what you just said.
0: Yeah, I think so. And it's like so radical. It's like, you mean I get to be just like this? Yeah. Yeah. And we forget, and we forget, and we forget, and we forget. But like, it's a good note too. close on Emily Dickinson said, I dwell in possibility. So that even if we don't feel it, even if we don't believe it, even if we're we're just not connecting with it right now, there is a tiny possibility that I am completely lovable. Just like this, completely acceptable. And that freedom, liberation, isn't for other people, but for me. And I can taste it just for a single moment, like blossoms falling. The blessing of complete acceptance and love.
1: So let's sit just for a moment and
0: I'm going to offer um, the same blessings, the same wishes I sent um, in my heart to my friend who just died and it's applicable for all of us and putting two hands together if we wish. May we know that we're completely loved. May we know that we're completely safe and protected from harm and danger. May we know that we're accompanied and supported by awareness and compassion and wisdom. May we be free from fear and completely free in all ways. Thank you. Thank you for your presence, for being you. Exactly like this. Thank you so much.